This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's game week eight. Of the English Premier League and the Crystal Palace Eagles are going to play against the Nottingham Forest Trees or whatever they're called. Listen for more information. Hi, it's me, Nick Gillard, and with us we have Patrick, man of the stats, O'Connor, and Chris, man of the people, Clark. Hello, Chris. Hello, Patrick. How you doing, Patrick? I'm okay, Nick. How are you? You sound very enthused today. I'm not sure why, but good for you. I'd like to use the word ebullient, actually. Um, We beat Man United, and their roof leaks, and Sellers Park is better than Old Trafford, and Sellers Park is shit. That's how good Old Trafford is. Christopher Clark, we're recording late today. How are you feeling? Well, I mean, I don't want to bring the tone down, but um, I've come from quite a difficult evening. So uh, people may be aware of a tragic incident that occurred last week in Croydon where a 15-year-old girl was murdered in the streets Mm. near where I live. Um, We had a public... So we had a public vigil tonight um, for an hour, which was a moving occasion. I was near the back. I wasn't, um, you know, pushing myself to the front because I'm, you know, I'm no more important than anyone else. So I was near the back. Um, but it was, you know, there, it was candle lit. Um, there was singing. Uh, there were tears. It was difficult. Um, so I've, I've come straight from that. So it's not... Uh, it's quite a sombre occasion, really, for understandable reasons. Uh, I don't, like I say, don't want to bring things down, um, but it does make you think about what's important when you know someone can lose their life in such a tragic and unnecessary way. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. indeed. Sorry, man. Indeed. No, that's all right. But it's just good to hear that um, somebody in the political sphere not pushing their way to the front. So I applaud you for that, Patrick. You've hurt your neck. How did you do that, mate? I don't have any idea. Um, somehow, that's at some age. point, yeah, I put it down to that. Pretty basically, I don't know what happened. I got up this morning, exercised, did a treadmill, and then all of a sudden, moved my neck to the left or right, and all of a sudden, it just felt like a spasm, and it's been bothering me all day. But it is what it is. I'll be all right. Yeah, I can't sleep with the window open without waking up with a stiffy. It's just terrible. <laughs> Absolutely yeah, that, terrible. That didn't that didn't come out right, but I think I understand what you're trying to say. I think. Yeah, I think yeah. it did come out right. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. So it's it's kind of been a weird week in in Palace news. We're we're all overjoyed at the the win over Man United, which was a stupendously good defensive display, capped off by a stupendously good goal from. A defender, but brought down by the fact that we've lost another one of our players, 
all of which we will cover as we go along. Uh, Chris, what were your thoughts about the victory over uh, the scum of the North? Well, I mean, obviously a delightful result, um, hard fought, well-deserved. And I, I, I think, I mean, I, I said at the time that I felt that we shouldn't be too downbeat going into that game, that we'd rested players from a cup competition that we'd chosen to deprioritise. And I I do understand people's annoyance and distaste at that as a choice. Uh, but I think it was vindicated by the result on the pitch. And, you know, that, that's all I've got to say, really. You know, we've, we've, we've got a really important result there and I think that's to be celebrated. Wait, what was your prediction again, Chris? I forgot. I, I predicted nil-nil. Oh, there you go. Spot on. No, very nice job. That's not bad. Well done. I got half of it right, didn't I? <laughs> I'll take that. Ah, listen, that's a very you you, you pick you a lot close. I'm pretty sure I said four and, and Nick said three, so nil. Yeah, I, I predicted so. a loss and we won. I never keep predicting a loss, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, might be. Maybe if we go okay. with that all season. Um, okay. How are your hamstrings, boys? Because it seems anybody associated with Crystal Palace seems to be doing theirs in. Um, What's going on? Is is there something in the way they train? Are they just trying too hard to stretch for balls they shouldn't be stretching for? Is it the fact we've got a very thin squad, so they're playing more minutes than perhaps they should? I think you left. And could we actually? And or could we actually say that it doesn't matter how many people we've got in the squad, the same people are bloody play anyway? What do you think, Patrick? Well, definitely the last part. Um, doesn't matter who's injured, the same one's going to play. And uh, everyone has injuries. I mean, you know, let's talk about last week. Chelsea's got 12, 13 players out. I don't know what it is. Um, you know, I heard that, you know, there was a thought that the last time Hodgson was around, we had as many injuries. I don't know if that's true or not. I have no idea. We had a lot. But I just think it's just the nature of the game. Um, we don't play that many matches. We play, what, one extra game because of the the um, League Cup. We, were in, we played two League Cup matches. The top, you know, seven, eight sides play. Europe, most of them, and cup games also. I don't know. It's, it's, it's very it's strange. I mean, the SA news didn't bother me because I kind of knew something bad was going to happen. That happened. That's the Palace way. It really is. But, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, our, our squad is thin, so you knew it was going to happen. But we didn't plan for it. But, again, the same players play anyway. So, eventually, you know, the Edwards... I just did plural. I'll do that. I'll, I'll say that again. Edward, SA... We're Start the show again. They play a lot. So, we can't, no, we can't pluralise players. We're not doing it. Sorry. I stopped, I stopped myself. I stopped myself. I, I, I corrected You've myself. You've got your Patrick's to... doing it. You've got your yeah. Chrissy's who managed not to do it. Um, your Knicks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, your yeah, New, York, so. New York Knicks. Um, I'm just Googling <laughs> as I speak uh, Dean Henderson's injury because I know we spoke about it briefly last week, but it seems a lot worse than we initially thought. And I'm really bloody annoyed the fact that Nottingham Forest didn't take him on because they were <laughs> they were worried about um, his injury. And it seems to be um, a thigh injury that he already had. So, had already um, had, yeah. Had already had, yes. Sorry, had already had. Yes, that makes sense. Um, so what do you think? Is it 
is Doggy made mistake or the club made mistake in buying him or no? Because of, no, you know, we, not a mistake. We didn't buy him for the next six weeks. We didn't buy him for the next six months. We bought him for the next six years. He's a young player who has had an injury. Yes, it's recurred. Um, I do think it's fair to say that they would have done a scan. They would not necessarily have had access to all the information, although you know a quick Google would have confirmed how much of last season or the season before he missed from his time at Forest. So, yeah, it could and should have been foreseen. But let's be honest, we've got a really good goalkeeper. This is what what people have been moaning about is why have we spent 20 million quid on a much younger goalkeeper with lots more um, longer-term potential? The answer's in the question. Um, so, for me, not a mistake. Right decision to sign him. Um, and, you know, let, let's hope that he recovers uh, reasonably soon. But there's no immediate rush. We've got a good goalie. But I do want to add the following, though. Um, last season, Sam Johnson did get injured, added Guaita, and we were left with playing a young goalkeeper. And we're only one injury away, unfortunately, from that happening again, even though I guess we could play our third-string keeper. I, I hope that doesn't happen, by the way. That would be that would scare me even more than than anything else. But the thing, again, with the uh, with the um, Henderson thing is, I don't, not that I agree with getting Henderson. I think it probably was a mistake in the in the money. I like him as a keeper, but we had other issues. Guaita forced our hand. When Guaita said he wanted to leave, we had to get a goalkeeper to replace him because at that point you couldn't take a chance in going in with just Henderson, uh, with just sorry Johnston as your number one keeper because we needed a, a, a tried and true backup. That happened to be Henderson. Again, I don't agree necessarily agree with twenty million. I think as Chris said that we didn't buy him for next we bought him for next six years. He's going to be a very good goalkeeper. I am very concerned about that news that he was injury prone, which I knew, by the way, anyway, he was injury prone at Man United. But the fact that, you know, Forrest didn't want to spend that money and we did worried me a, a bit. But again, I don't know what you can do about that at this point. Yeah, it was said that, um, I'm sure I saw something last week about there were a couple of people Palace were after in the last week of the transfer window that didn't come off, but there wasn't much... Um, speculation as to who it was. There um, was one, there was a Spanish goalkeeper, I think it was at Hatafe. That was the only one that I heard. But besides him, you're right, didn't hear anybody else really as far as the goalkeeper end was. You can tell that Patrick watches a lot of football because I thought they were just off. But there you go. <laughs> um, Doeza is out, it seems, although uh, all the injury websites that I usually use um haven't got him on there um how much are we going to miss him on saturday do you think have we got a, we, i don't think we've got a ready replacement do we know how long he's going to be out for is it six weeks five weeks is it short term do we know patrick chris any idea roy indicated at least six weeks i think i'm sure i read that somewhere yeah mid-november and you've got to feel sorry for the guy with the england games coming up yeah um Again, um, he seems to be full of bad luck for that. But in one piece of good news, and I've watched it four times today, is I have actually watched Copas Cope TV on Crystal Palace TV. Um, uh, Brazilian Wunderkind, um, Mr. Sir, Mr. Franca, who did look very, very good in that video. Now, with such a thin squad, 
is it beyond the realms of possibility that he might be named on Saturday? Or am I just indulging in a little bit of wishful thinking there, Chris? Sounds like wishful thinking, to be honest. I mean, maybe on the bench. um, But Hodgson is not the kind of person who throws people in at the deep end or gambles on youth or inexperience. So... I would not, but I mean, you know, I'm a betting man. I will not be betting any money on us seeing him on the pitch in this game or a number of future games. I think I think it'll be a while before we see him. What do and, you think, Patrick? Uh, no, I mean, Chris is spot on. We're not going to see him again. If he's on the bench on Saturday, I'd be shocked. But he's not going to be playing. He hasn't even played it on a 23 game. But here's the thing about France. What I normally do is I wait until we sign a player. Then I go back and look at look at you know videos. You know the kid has not played. He hasn't played full time for anybody in over a year. Even when he was playing at Flamenco, he had he didn't play. I'm gonna listen to this, okay? I'm gonna because uh, I I mean I have to do it because it's just it's just interesting. In July 29th, Flamengo bench 26 bench America uh, 22nd of July bench uh, 16th of July bench 8th of July he played six minutes. June 8th, he played 12 minutes. June 5th, he played 60 minutes. June 1st, 62. Um, May 21st, bench. I could do this, by the way, for another eight, nine games. He didn't play. Now, I don't know if it was... Well, he's only, he's, only, he's very young, but he's also injured a little bit when he was in, in Brazil. So I'm not saying he's not going to be a great player. We're all hoping that, and I get it. But I'm telling you right now, it's based on absolutely no basis, in fact, how good he's going to be. Because he has not played for his, his former club at all for well over nine, ten months. So I'm hoping he makes good. I get it. We're desperate. He looks great in training. I watched a video too today, uh, Nick. But putting our hopes on a player who has not played in a long time is a bit dicey. And as Chris said, there is no chance Hodgson throws him right in. They just, I mean, I just don't see it. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. But we need we need some positivity, don't we, as a as a support base. That said, seven games in, we've won more than we've lost. Um, you know, considering the players we've had out, imagine how good we could possibly be when the likes of Lerma and Elise and Edouard, who's been on form, and James Tompkins are back. Edward's I'm, I'm back, joking by the way. a bit at the end. Is he back? Is he? He was he was back in training today. I noticed in that same video you watch, you'll see him in training. So he should be, he he should be back for Saturday, which is great. And what about Lerma? Do we know about Lerma? Because again, I've, I I can't seem to find any injury information, Chris. I've dug into this because I was trying to work it out. And before the Man United away league game, as opposed to the League Cup game, um, there's a quote from uh, Hodgson in the pre. Uh, league game interview in which he says Lerma, Ahamada, Franca, Elise, of course still they're all working. Tompkins is getting much closer and we'll be back with us in training next week. The other four are on target, that's all I can say. And then here's the key bit. When their injuries occurred I was told the likelihood would be that they would not be back until the end of the international break and that's where we are. So that's dashed my hopes. I was talking in the pub earlier uh, to someone about uh, hoping that uh, at least Lerma would be back and that that would fill the gap for Eze, and that's clearly not the case. Talking of players who've been on the bench a lot and only played a few minutes every now and then, Jairo Riedewald has been excellent when he's come on. Is there a case for him to 
make or have a greater presence in games or more minutes in games, do you think, Patrick, given how well he's done? I think in lieu of the Eze injury, I can't think of another player that makes any sense. Um, the only person I would have, I would have put there would have been a Hamada, but he's injured because he can play as a in as a as a ten. But no, I agree. I think I think um, he has to play in some form on uh, Saturday, unless of course um, Edward is fit, and then you put Edward and Mateta up top, and then you go with Schlup, um, Schlup, Ayu, Hughes and DeCorey as the four midfielders and then obviously our regular back four. So um, I'd love Ajara to get a chance. Um, um, like you, um, Nick, I've been very impressed with his appearances, limited as they've been this season. But he's done really well in both United games. So, yeah, I think if, you, if he gets a chance, I'd like to see him play on Saturday. It's a good shout. Chris, your thoughts on the um, the dreadlocked uh, master in uh, midfield? Well, I mean, he's clearly got Excellent passing ability. He's a good destroyer as well. He's he should be on the pitch at some point on Saturday. Uh, whether he starts and gets subbed off for Hughes, or whether Hughes um, starts and Rudeveld is brought on, I don't know. But for me, that that's those are the two that are vying for the competitive slot. There are people, many people stood around me at Selhurst who would be saying that Schlupp's place should be in doubt. Um, and that both of those two should start. Uh, but, you know, we know that I'm the president of the Trophy Schlapp fan club, so um, you won't catch me advocating for that. Yeah, I'm beginning to wonder. See, I, I was of the, uh, the kind of thought that Schlupp was a bit of a scapegoat or a scapegoat, as long-time listeners of the shows will know, uh, we call them. Um, but I'm, I'm still struggling to see now what he's actually doing against Villa. He was so shagged out by half time, and he he stayed on. Now, sometimes you don't notice what they're doing, and and sometimes that's a good thing if they're kind of invisible. They might be stopping other players on the opposition from 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 carrying out their roles. Um, there was, uh, I think, somebody alluded to that with the balls down the middle or through the middle uh, against Man United. But is he one of these players that really tries hard in training, so so gets picked? And also, just going back to our, our Dutch wonder kid, um, Gyro, what I like about him more than anything else is he seems to be a really progressive player who actually wants to take the ball forward. And that is something that we kind of need almost not quite, but almost box to box. Do you know what I mean? Is, is the one that's carrying the ball and looking for somebody to pass to, which is something we've kind of missed a little bit. Okay. Um, Gay does that out of defense a little bit. So you've got attacks coming from that way. Um, or you've got, um, Joachim Anderson, um, pinging a long ball. So um, there was a great article. I think it's in the athletic today or yesterday talking about the centre-back pairing. I'm all over the place with these subjects, so I'm going to stick with the centre-back pairing now. Um, is this the best centre-back pairing you've ever seen at Palace? Even better than Andy Fawn and Eric Young? What do you reckon, Patrick? Well, if you, it's a hard comparison because clearly Gehi and Anderson are more 2020s-type players. They're not just good defenders, but they're ball-playing defenders, which is what you need in the Premier League. They, you know, they can both ping a long ball, they can both bring the ball out of 
defense very, very well, carry the ball. They're very good defenders. They can mark. And then, of course, you know, when it comes down to that great strike by Anderson, they can score a great goal. I mean, I thought Thorne and Young were brilliant, but that was back in nineteen in the 1990s when all you had to do was basically clear the ball. You headed it, you tackled, and they were both brilliant at that. So it's a hard comparison because, again, I, I always look at the errors being different. But as far as, you know, looking at, I don't think Thorne and Young were considered maybe the best two in Division One back then, whereas you could argue, as you just said, that maybe Gay and Anderson may be top three or four in the Premier League this season. So it's a tough comparison. But just going back to the two of them, they've been brilliant this year. Uh, they really have been. I'm very impressed with them. I think um, brilliant by Vieira to get them in, bring them in and have them pair up. They've been really good. And ever since they've gotten here, they've been linked to leaving, which would be a shame at some point. But they're both brilliant players. And again, like I said, um, it's hard to compare them to Thorne and Young. But Thorne and Young are very good back in the day. My yeah, and, and it's just occurred to me that me comparing them to Falling Young is like compo- comparing Falling Young to players that played in the early 60s. So, again, that <laughs> exactly. was a completely different game then. So, All right. you know, life is passing us by too quickly, Patrick. What I only seen is five minutes ago is like, a, closer to World War Two than it is now. <laughs> I have a question. Would you, how would you compare Young and Thorn to Gilbert and Cannon? They were very good for us. They were very good for us as well, yes. (laughs) Yes. Uh, (laughs) I love reminiscing with Nick, I really do. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, old gits. Old gits. You'll be like this one day, Chris. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Um, oh yeah, I'll be reminiscing about these current two. <laughs> well, Dr. will be doing that, and he won't be the youth anymore. He'll be the old man, and he'll be looking at the young people on whatever medium we're broadcasting on back of the nest four point naught. And yeah, I'm just, what language I, they're talking. Yeah, I'm just wondering if. Um... My son Will looks upon Nick Carl with the same fondness that I look upon Nick Chatterton. There you go. <laughs> no, I thought you were. I thought you were. Uh, um, what's his name again? The number eight, Jerry. Jerry Murphy. Jerry Murphy fan. Were you a bigger Jerry Murphy fan? I thought you were yeah, no, I thought you were the bigger Jerry Murphy fan. I I'm never Vince rated Lair, him. Mate. I'm a Vince Lear fan. I'm a oh. Lear fan. I, ne- I never rated Jerry Murphy ever. <laughs> yeah, I'm a Vince Lear fan for sure. He's here. He's there. He's everywhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, what about Roy's record? Going back to the Man United game, Roy's record against United at Old Trafford. That's very, very good, isn't it? Took us by surprise but, that a bit. I think it hasn't always felt like um, we're doing as well as that. But actually, when you look at it, can't argue with the facts, can you? And the reality is that he has got a really quite impressive record. I, I guess part of the. the issue there is that because we weren't allowed to go to some of those games you've lost the sense of cumulative bloody hell it's been ages since we went there and lost yeah with the exactly. exception of last week but <laughs> you get what I mean yeah yeah <laughs> no no we lost no we lost last season to them didn't we, we but it wasn't under him we, it was under Vieira it was right we lost under Vieira right. right we lost to Vieira we lost 2-1 or 3-1 Two one, oh yeah, no, you're right. Oh, yeah, no, I yeah, stayed yeah. over. I stayed over for that one, but yeah, 
Um, but but you're right, Chris. Memory. No, but you're right. I, I have to give him credit because, you know, um, I actually hate United because of the two biggest losses I, in my memory as a Palace fan, the FA Cups have both been to United. So beating them is just gives me tremendous joy. But I hadn't realised, you know, you think about our managers, Pulis and Allardyce and whomever, you know, by far, it's not even close. I mean, Hodgson's done the much. I mean, the, the only ones I can really remember have been his. I know my Allardyce have definitely, I think, won one game, I think, up there, wasn't it? Or it might have been, was it Allardyce who won up there? But somebody else did win one. But you're right, they're few and far between the wins at United. So, now Hodgson's done a great job with them. It's amazing. Was it five? I said they said five times a year. He's, yeah. He's, yeah, it's ridiculous. it's ridiculous. I can remember being at Old Trafford when we beat them 2-1 before... Well, Alex Ferguson had just become their manager. Um, I remember it more for the night out in Warrington afterwards, as if a night out in Warrington could be memorable. But there you go. And it had a little boogie in Mr. Smith's, then ended up in some Dragonite club that was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Anyway, let's get on to what some are calling the Dougie Derby, given that uh, certain Mr. Freeman went to Forest after he played for Palace. Um, our record against Forest. Okay, we've played um, 65 times. We've won 16, drawn 20, and lost 29. The first time we played them was in League Division 2. We beat them at home 4 1. Usual question what year was it? I'll start with Patrick this time. Ah, you see, my dad remembers this game. I'm going to say, I think you told me, was it 1969? No, I was going to say your dad's very old if he remembers it. Oh, Chris okay. Clark. 1935. It's 1921. Oh, wow. Now, my dad told about yeah. a different game then, obviously, clearly, because he told me about a Forest game in the 60s that we beat them. So, interesting. Okay. Would it have been in the FA Cup 1965? We beat them 3-1 in the FA No, Cup. later than that. It was in Division 2, though. Division 2. So, looking at the results in Division 2, we didn't actually play them in Division 2. Um, we played them in Division 2 in 1921, in Division oh. 2 in 1973. That might um, be in there. Boy, yeah. Yeah, 73. Yeah. And, right. yeah. Um, my favourite memory against Forest. Well, there's, there's actually two. One's come to mind, a championship game where they accidentally played commentary from BBC Radio London over the tannoy, going on about how the Nottingham Forest manager was going mad, which brought roars of laughter. But going back to kind of the Coppel John Salako era, do you remember John Salako's late equaliser? Against Forest in the Cup, where he scored from the halfway, scored from the halfway line, and a very red-faced, red-nosed Brian Clough giving one of his usual um, speeches about it only takes a second to score a goal, and you you know it's um, yeah. Um, Talking of which, Peter Taylor, I think, died on this day, or, or was born on this day. He was an excellent co-manager, wasn't he? Uh, one of the first kind of managerial teams that I can remember people talking about. Uh, sorry, I'm bypassing your era here, Mr. Clark. But Peter Taylor and Brian Clough, a lot of people said that Peter Taylor was the brains behind the pair. Do you remember that at all? For me? Were, yeah. 
No, no. When I was in secondary school, I remember Forest getting promoted from the second division to first division, winning both, and then going on to win the European Cup. And I was in back then. That was like seventy-seven or seventy-six. I a team had yeah. never done that before. Got promoted from the second division and then going on the league. Division. It was ridiculous. So no, I remember those teams because I was always very impressed with Brian Clough as the manager. He had a great. He was very charismatic. But you're right. I remember Peter Taylor being the coach, and back then. You didn't even know who the number twos were back then, really, right? So he stood out because they were so good not in the forest, you know, going to win the European Cup back to back years and stuff like that. So no, I mean, it it was it was I mean, no, that 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 duo of Taylor and Clough was amazing, especially in the seventies. It really was. What was the name of that Clough film? It was really good. It was the Damned United. Gonna bug me. That's well done, yeah, Chris. the lead, the lead, seventy-something days at Leeds United. Yeah. Ever, yeah, that was yeah. brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and the, the book's very good as well by David Peace, so worth checking out. Yeah, oh, okay. And it was uh, talking of old players again. Uh, it was sad to hear about the death of uh, Francis Lee this week, um, and just seeing reruns of the fight he had against um, was it Norman Hunter of uh, Leeds? Legs. There was a yeah Norman Hunter fight. I nearly said Norman Whiteside. Whatever happened to Norman Whiteside? Well, there's a name I haven't thought of for a long time. Okay. So, Forrest. Last six games, same as us in in form. Um, They seem to be either very good or not very good. They seem to have the opposite of us in the fact they've got too many players uh, to pick from. It's hard to pick a settled team. What have you made of them so far this season, Chris? Have you seen much of them? Haven't seen much of them. Um, as you say, their results are patchy. I think the the fact that they don't have a settled first eleven is indicative. I mean, in a way, of the promotion season for them as well. That you know, when that when they came up, they signed. I think. I mean, they ended up with about twenty new players, didn't they? It was mm. madness, and it took a long time for them to work out what they were going to do. Um, shortly before they played us, um, this is absolutely standard stuff. They were right on the verge of sacking their manager. Um, I mean, it's of course the famous Steve Cooper, who we were rumoured to be involved or interested in, both before the start of the uh, before Vieira was picked and after Vieira left. Uh, there were rumours, and in the, in the summer, even there were rumours that we were interested. But he was rumoured to be on the verge of the sack just before they played us. And that didn't happen. And they went on to, of course, beat us um, at their place. And yeah, I mean, yeah. I think I think who knows who knows which version of them is going to turn up. Same with same as with us, to be honest. Hard to predict. Yeah, it just reminded me of the uh, my most used gift that year was Nosferatu rising up out of his coffin every time that Steve <laughs> Cooper was mentioned. Such Talking of which, as I'm in such an all over the place uh, mood. Uh, there's been speculation about Ipswich Towns manager being uh, on our radar to take over next season because you know the talk is that Roy's only here for a year and and he's one of the people that that's being talked about. Patrick, he's not going to come to Palace, is he? With Ipswich doing so well, surely not. That'd be like uh, the Sheffield Wednesday manager leaving in the season they get promoted and then them languishing at the bottom of the league now, wouldn't it? Yeah, I thought. I mean, I don't know much about Kieran McKenna, the manager of Ipswich, but doing a great job there. I can't see him coming to Palace, and I don't get into speculation. Nick, you know me, I don't get into transfer or manager speculation until it happens, because to me, it's just a, it's just, it's just a lot, it's just, 
I don't know, it doesn't come to anything. But no, I mean, I, I can't see him leaving. They get, they're, they're doing really well in the league. I think they're second now. I think Leicester's now top. I think they won today or won yesterday. Um, yeah, they won today. If he gets them out of that of the added championship, why would you why would you leave? I mean, unless there's a money issue where you know they can't spend money at Ipswich, why would you want to come to Palace? But who knows? I mean, good manager, though. good young manager though. I rate him a lot, so who knows? We'll see what happens. Yeah, Fonseca's been been uh, mooted as well, but again. again, we won't talk about that. Again, yeah, we, <laughs> we thought we thought he was going to come, and he was kind of um, exactly. turned over um, yeah. for a certain Mr. Vieira. Um, it's going to be weird. Well, it's good to play a team that's not involved in the Champions League. I mean, we saw some of the results on Saturday with, with teams involved. Brighton losing 6-1 to Villa, who are also in the Champions League. Man United completely suffering. Well done, Wilf, yesterday. I'll just skip over that a little bit. Um, no, no, was... no. Let's go back to that. No, no, no. We're not skipping. Go on, on in, Patrick. Go on. No, no. Let me tell you something, man. I watched the interview to him pre- and post-match, and to have him talk about... That's why it makes me a lot of people got upset that he left. He left for exactly that moment. Yeah. He said that to play in the Champions League, yeah. all he ever thought about. And I don't know how you could ever begrudge him. And then for him to go back to a team who didn't play him and to score a goal and to win, I am so, so happy for that man. I really am. I'm not a Galatasaray yeah. fan, except I am when DR talks to me about him. But <laughs> not but let me tell you something. I'm so happy for him, man. Seriously, good for him. He went to a club that he wanted to play in Europe. And yeah, they might have got out of the group, but who cares? It's all about moments like yesterday. So good for Wilf. I'm very happy for him. Good for him. Yeah. Talking of DR, um, on the uh, match report this week, uh, Chris and Co weren't available. So we we uh, we podded um, DR's YouTube after show, uh, YouTube thing. And uh, I'm still trying to get my head around eating gravy off somebody's head. <laughs> the grave is lovely, but it's not a nice way to eat it. I mean, where does he get these things from? You, <laughs> I guess you taking tips you. from me. That's all I'm saying. I mean, uh, the day we beat Brighton uh, at their place a few years ago, I famously licked Hambo's head. Uh, and oh, it, that's where it came from. Go yeah, on. it was one of those things where I, I've been. Because the thing is, I don't know why. I just I think it was because it was actually because it was just before COVID. It was like March 2020, and everyone was kind of like all risk averse. And I kept saying to Hambo, "I'm going to lick your head. I'm going to lick your head." And he was like, "No, you're not. No, you're not." So I am. I'm going to lick your head, and then I did. <laughs> <laughs> and he was speechless. And was it quite stubbly? Was it like Velcro? Did your tongue get stuck? It was, no, it was not stubbly. It was it was quite smooth. Um, there is a photo from quite soon afterwards with me laughing and him looking nonplussed. I'll have to dig it out. I've never seen Chris look anything other than nonplussed, if That's I'm honest. True. <laughs> you know, we could win 6-0 or lose 6-0. He'd still be the same, wouldn't he? Okay. One of the regular pubs that Palace fans go to before home games is the Pawson's Arms. And the reason I say that is we've got Craig Pawson as oh, our ref. No. I know. I'm sorry to bring it down. You just things. really ruined it. Okay, we're losing then. So, he likes to, he gives a red card one every ten games, roughly. Okay. Now. I'm just having a look because my page has just decided not to work properly. We're yeah, so, so slick, had, kids. That's why you listen to the back of the nest. We're, we're so slick, slick, slick kids. <laughs> yes. 
Yes. And he's given quite a few um, red cards against Palace over the years. Um, he's refed Palace 20... Well, one in 10, he's given two red cards to Palace players in 20 games. Now, as far as results go for when Craig Pawson is refereeing our games, Crystal Palace have won 25% of those. So that's going to be five games out of 20 we've won. We've lost 45% of them. So I'm guessing that's 11. And yeah, all drawn 30%. Yeah, well, my maths... I've I've had a very very long day today, um, so my brain isn't quite as uh, there as it should be. For Forrest, he's left five games. They've won. They've won one, lost one. Sorry, they've won one, drawn one, and lost four. So it's it's uh, could go either the way there. Um, we've been rattling on for quite a while now. Um, I'm aware we're quite trying to keep these. Uh, these podcasts shorter than usual. Um, we've got some predictions. Um, whilst I try and find those, um, Chris, would you like to give us your um, your prediction and how you think the game's going to go? I think it'll be tight. Um, we'll play defensively again as we have, but I, th- I do think we've still got quality up top. Um, I think it'll be nil-nil at 75 minutes, but I think we'll win 2-0. Okay, Patrick, what do you think? I think as an injury is pretty is pretty big. It takes away our creativity, but I like the fact Edouard's going to be back. Uh, I'm going to go with a 1-1. Yeah. Okay, I'd be happy with a point. Now, looking at the um, Nottingham Forest forums, they, they all seem to think, the posters on there seem to think that it's going to be tricky. And then as a injury was announced and uh they seem to think they're gonna beat us now we haven't got Ezra or we <laughs> haven't got Elise or whatever. Now over on the Twitter Mikey tweeted out earlier that he'd like predictions, score predictions, and we didn't get any, but Gary one two one one two Gary T one two three has said with a very limited squad to choose from, a game very similar to Fulham, with the emphasis on Palace to take the game to Forest, we could easily come unstuck. Let's hope we can nick it. And Caroline too is asking about um, Jesse Lingard. Should we sign Jesse Lingard now? I don't think we should. But there you go. Just having a look on our Facebook page. Um, I'm going to go with a one nil win for Palace. Uh, no, I'm going to go for a one nil defeat. Um, simply because if I say there's going to be a defeat, we'll win. Uh, over on the uh, Back the Nest Facebook chat, Liam Talbot says Palace reserves two, Forest one. Paul Fole says it's a loss, I'm afraid. We've got no players left. Um, Keith Madge Diamond says Roy and Ray's boys, a tight 1-0, gyro to score. Hashtag scenes. I nearly read that as hashtag scones or scones. <laughs> And um, then we'd have had a discussion about cream and jam and what order. And what do they do on the border of Devon and Cornwall? If you've got one foot in Devon, one foot in Cornwall, what do you do if you're halfway across the Tamar? Where have do you a, put your cream on your scones? Have a pasty instead. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. 
Anyway, Patrick, Chris, thank you ever so much for joining me again this week. Um, it's been a pleasure as always. Don't forget, you can check us out on our YouTube channel, Twitter, on um, Facebook, TikTok. TikTok. Instagram, TikTok, the Clock app. And um, I would say thanks to Mikey for producing, but he's not. He's currently lying down hoping he's not going to catch pneumonia from swallowing his own saliva, which is a very interesting next conversation I had with him earlier. So uh, get well soon, Mikey. I'm going to go off and try and put this thing together. We are off next week. Um, I'm not going to do a best of because there hasn't been any best of bits while we're (laughs) out. So enjoy the week off, you two. And uh, hopefully see you on Saturday, Chris. Uh, yeah. Before the game, yeah, and um, yeah, and um, yeah, the last thing, half five kickoffs. When do you have your tea? Do you have it before the game and get a stitch from jumping up and down, or do you starve <laughs> and wait a till stitch. after the game? I'll bring myself in. I'll bring myself in briefly just to say um, the plan for. So my plan for match day is I'm going to be heading down to the Cronks Tap in Central Croydon. Um, so it opens at midday on Saturday. Um, we'll be there quite soon afterwards. Um, a you know, fair number, of, yeah, me and I think twelve oh one. Well, I think yeah, absolutely. And I think <laughs> very often it's eleven fifty nine. We're outside the doors, exactly. panting with right our tongues before. out of our mouths. Yeah. Um, but Mike uh, from the review show will be there as well, um, and there may be other um, comrades coming along as well. You're very welcome to come and join. Um, I think you should be able to identify me. I'm Chris Clark CPFC on Twitter, and you can see you can recognise me from my photo. Um, do come down; it's a really nice bar. It's only relatively, relatively recently opened. We talked about that last week, um, and that it's it's beer by Palace fans for Palace fans. So yeah, come along, check it out. And will uh, Mike be selling any unsold merch from his tour? Over the past <laughs> <couple of> weeks? <laughs> Let's ask him. <laughs> Yes. Anyway, up the bloody palace. Thank you for listening. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.